Behold, I'm about to destroy them, all flesh, with the earth. What's on the earth, every living thing is what he's saying. Here it comes, a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. One pursuit, day and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening, my name's John, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I encourage you to open your Bible to Genesis, and we're going to be going through, we're actually going through a whole series, Stan, that's called, it's a, a family, family thing, thing. I like and we we're being produced tonight by the best producer in the world, that's Rebecca, and she's part of our production family here, Yeah, I, I think we should have her on again, she does really good when she does the show. You know what? I was away for a few episodes. She did a yeah. fantastic job. Yeah. I was actually worried that she's going to take my job over. Well, she told me that I wasn't allowed to leave again, so I don't okay. think it's going to happen anytime soon. So uh, in this particular episode, and we're going to have this, uh, there's three parts to this that we're going to yes. have for the radio program. And uh, for this particular uh, three-part series, on a larger series, it's a family thing, we're going to be going through Noah. Yes. So you know what? Let's just get right into it, and, uh, and then at the end, uh, we'll wrap things up. And things will flood. Well, this morning we're beginning in Genesis chapter 6, and there's really, we're kind of aiming at the end of this passage. So uh, let's go to the beginning of chapter 6, and uh, we get a fresh glimpse of Noah's world. It's not a world unlike ours, really, and uh, so let's just follow through. We're going to follow through the text. Now we're going to cover like three chapters of narrative this morning. So we need to be reading along kind of quickly and stopping at different points and making content, uh, some content uh, clarification and maybe some thoughts. And, and so let's begin on chapter 6, verse 1. And of course, we have got now, then, after, like all of those words keep moving a story along. So whenever you see that, you know that that little section is done and there's a movement into the next section. So now it came about... When man began to multiply, he became many, became great. That was the command that he was given on the face of the land. And the daughters were born to them. When Scripture talks about mankind, man, it's not talking about those who are following Yahweh, those who are following Jesus. That's the base of humanity. The great extent of those who are are here on the earth are not followers of Yahweh. And so we have men multiplying, and their daughters are being born to them. And the sons of God, again, at least eight times in Scriptures, those who are followers of Yahweh, those who are followers of Jesus, are called sons and daughters of God. So we have the daughters of men, sons of God thing going on. And, uh, and that the sons of men saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, had a good nature, they were easy to look at is kind of what we're, they're getting at in the, in the language, and they took wives. They took wives for themselves, the sons of God. 
followers of Yahweh took wives for, them, for themselves from whomever they chose. Whoever, all they chose, whoever they chose. And so you have the mixing of those who are following Yahweh and those who are bent in their own direction. And then, verse 3, the Lord said, My spirit will not strive with man forever. There's a limit to man's lifespan. Because he also is flesh. He's he's body. He's not just spirit. God is spirit, eternal. Man is flesh. Nevertheless, regardless of this, his days shall be 120. There is the first drop in longevity that we see in Scripture. We have people kind of banging off 900, somewhere around there, 1,900, and all of a sudden this is dropped down to 120. We have a further drop in Psalm 90 where it talks about the lifespan being dropped to 70 for those who are strong. Verse 4, the Nephilim, fallen ones, were on the earth in those days before the flood, and also afterward, after those days, post-flood. When the sons of God, when Yahweh followers came to the daughters of men, the non-Yahweh followers, some think these are angels. But what did Jesus say about that? Like Jesus blew that one right out of the park. Angels are not sexual. They don't get married. They're not given in marriage. They don't go down that path. There's Jesus' comment on what Genesis 6 isn't. And they bore children to them, this intermarriage, and these were mighty, strong, brave men who were of old. They lived long lives, men of renown. They had reputations. Verse 5, then, we have another time marker. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man, the wickedness of man there is the idea of embracing or befriending a king who's king of this world at this point. Not Yahweh. It's Prince of Darkness, Lucifer. He saw that the wickedness of man was great. Man had befriended the king of this world. And the very intent, the purpose, and the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, totally malignant, totally affected day and night. And the Lord was sorry. It's kind of an unfortunate translation of that. It's the idea of comforting yourself in sorrow. You're in sorrow, and and you comfort yourself. The Lord comforted himself. He was thinking with great sadness that he had made men on the earth. There's sadness. This, This man and woman who had filled the earth, who had been pronounced good, were not good any longer. And the Lord said, I will blot out, I will exterminate the man who I have created who had been pronounced good from the face of the land, from man to animals. We see this whole totality, man, animals, to creeping things into the birds of the sky. And this is going to be a repetition throughout this part of the book. And it may kind of bore you, but it's making points here. And he makes this over and over. But, exclusion, Noah found favor. Noah found grace. 
and the eyes of the Lord. Only one man attracted God's attention in those days. And there, so we have this mingling of, of those who follow Yahweh and those who had gone their own way. And the result is a turning away in mass from the Lord. And the Lord is abandoned and sin runs rampant. And in the midst of the darkness, God preserves his people and causes their light to shine. And Noah's light shone brightly. Next, we get to see a little bit of Noah's faith, verse 9. These are the records of the generation of Noah. Noah was a righteous, means just, lawful man. Blameless in his time, means that there's no fault found in him. He's entirely sound. Was he sinless? No. No person is sinless. But the tenor of his life was obedience to Yahweh, and, and he lived out his faith daily. And Noah walked with God. Day by day, choice after choice, moment after moment, just lived exactly how you live. And now, the earth was corrupt, ruined. Think of spoiled fruit. I love bananas, but I like bananas that are green and firm. Lori likes them when they're kind of black, like Larry's shirt, and they kind of are mush. I can't get that down. I'm sorry. I'm just, that's not me. Ruined, to me, that's ruined, and it may smell really banana-y, but it tastes like pabu or something. It's just like not for me. It's ruined. Noah walked with God, and Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And now the earth was ruined. It was corrupt in the sight of God. And the earth was filled, as the extent, with violence. That word violence is the idea of cruelty to it cruelty to one another, violence towards one another. And God looked on the earth and behold, look, it was corrupt. It was ruined. It was decaying. For all flesh, all of mankind had corrupted their way on the earth. They had ruined their way. They had turned their back on Yahweh and had gone after their own way. Verse 13, then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. It's in my mind to do this thing. To bring to an end all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence and justice because of them. And look, behold, I'm about to destroy them, all flesh, with the earth. What's on the earth, every living thing is what he's saying. And when, we, um, when I was a boy, we, I lived in tobacco country, and we had greenhouses. And every spring, as they brought fresh black dirt in the greenhouse, they didn't want all kinds of weeds. If you know anything about black soil, that dark, really rich soil, it just springs up with weeds. Thousands of them you know, in a foot. And so what they do is they take steam and they totally bake the seeds in the earth so that it becomes sterile and it does not, has nothing growing in it. It's just the richness of the soil. And whatever you plant in there, it comes up and it's clean dirt. That's the picture of this cleansing that God's going to bring on the earth. And uh, he says, you may make for yourself an ark, a vessel. That's the same word that they used for uh, Moses' basket. Remember that story, Josh? They had a basket, and what did his sister did something? What did she do with the basket? 
Yeah, and it was at Ark, just the same as this Ark was here. And so we have this basket, this Ark, and he's, and he's got the dimensions. He's got some instructions on how to build it. And, and you shall make the Ark with rooms, put some divisions in it, and you shall cover it inside and out with pitch. It's kind of like an asphalt coating, a waterproofing. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, about 440 feet. Its breadth, 50 cubits, that's about 75 feet. And its height, 30 cubits, that's somewhere around 45 feet. And you shall make a window for the ark and finish it to one cubit from the top. So this window is going to be right at the very top of the ark. And set the door of the ark in the side of it, and you shall make it with lower second and third deck so three levels to this <coughs> behold look verse 17 i am i even i am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh and okay is there a, is there a theme running on here why is god doing this to destroy all flesh it is so corrupt but i will uh, sorry Behold, even I am bringing the flood water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which there is breath. From under heaven, everything that is on the earth shall perish. But I will establish, I will come on the scene and make a covenant, a pledge, a promise with you. And you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife, wife and your sons' wives with you. There's the people component. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark. Here's the purpose, to keep them alive with you, that they, they shall be male and female of the birds of their kind, of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing on the ground after its kind. Two of every kind will come up to you to keep them alive. In verse 21, as for you, take for yourself some of all food which is edible and gather it to yourself, and it shall be a food for you and for them. And thus Noah did. He did according to everything that God had commanded him. Then, and we're at chapter 7 now. The Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household. For you alone I have seen to be righteous. You, you've been vindicated. You are just before me in this time by the end of the story that may not necessarily be true but at the, this point in the story Moses was just you shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens a male and his female and of the animals that are not clean too a male and his female also of the birds of the sky by sevens male and female to keep offerings alive, sorry, offspring alive on the face of all the earth. We're going to see later on there's going to be a sacrifice made of some of these extra animals. Verse 4, 4, because after seven more days I will send rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And I will blot out, means to exterminate, completely exterminate. From the face of the land, every living thing that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded. Can you imagine, like, just receiving all that information? And how overwhelming that 
as, as the parts come out and come to play, as you look at your neighbors, as you look at the people around you and you understand the enormity of what God is doing, the enormity of what you've been called to do, to create this vessel, this huge vessel, and can you even begin to process what had been going on in his mind? I, like, we, I think we need to do that. We need to try and put ourselves in Scripture and, and, and try and feel what's going on and the enormity of it and the, the world as you have noted is ending. That's what he's telling Noah. Everything that you know, everything that you cherish, everything, everything that is familiar is going to be gone. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. And uh, next week, we're going to continue going through Noah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Stan, what do you think about overall? I mean, the, now that you've done the message, how do you feel about going through It's a Family thing as a series, you know, in terms of benefiting people? I, I think it was a good series, and I think it really brought some of the frictions out. Um, I'd really like to do a little more, and I think that's something we may do in the fall. Uh, along the lines of how to how to overcome some of these things, mm. like we've talked about the problems and some of the solutions, but then what happens when you have multiple things going on in a family of dysfunction? So I think that's something down the road that we really need to take a look at. Well, looking forward to it. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this evening, and remember, don't end your day without a word with God. <laughs>